MomCast is brought to you by the Hutta family of orthodontists. You're a horrible parent, a horrible mother. How many of us have thought that at some point in our lives as we're either yelling at our kids or dealing with a situation? Um, if we step back, we know we're pretty good parents. But there's always those moments you second guess yourself. Mommy! It's the mom cast. Really, Mom? Mommy! Mom! You are listening. Mom cast! And mom cast. Welcome to another mom cast. And Heather, um, you have uncovered... Um, something that I, f- I felt was very interesting. And you brought up a topic that you wanted to discuss. Yes, because I think we all question what we do in certain situations with our kids. And is that the right decision? And then followed up by, am I really messing up my kids' future selves because of how I'm parenting <laughs> them? And so it just came from an observation of watching my neighbors parent their children and being mortified at times because we have such different styles. I started to think, gosh, all of our kids play together, but are they are they all going to come out different ways because of how each of us parents them? Also, do am I comfortable having those neighbors parent my children because they're so different from me? You know, it's more of that um, just keeping up with the Joneses type thing in my mind. Like, am I should I be doing what they're doing? And la la. So I started to do some research about different parenting styles just to see am I on the right track or am I just might as well put them in therapy now you know because they're going to be anyway so that's kind of where this started <laughs> so you uncovered um something and I um I was a little skeptical about this um, but you found um kind of a graph here of parenting styles but this is old right it is it's, it's kind interesting. of the, it's the kind of they all refer to it in the um parenting circles is sort of the baseline but it's obviously evolved because this researcher diana Baumrind, i don't know how to say her name but in the 60s this was groundbreaking because she started to really separate the different types of parenting styles to look at how you're affecting them in the long term so how your kids would basically come out but now we are we are definitely more outspoken now we are definitely more involved with our kids Good or bad, you know, but it's just a a thing I thought was a good way to just um, refer to Mm -hmm. in a way. But it's it's, I definitely think it's something that has evolved. And we can put this on our Facebook page, um, but there are four, according to this, um, different kinds of parents or parenting styles, four different ones. One is the authoritative parent, nurturing, affectionate, sets boundaries, disciplines through guidance with open communication. That sounds good. Um, high warmth and high control as a parent. Then there's the authoritarian parent who is strict, inflexible, high expectations, punishes rather than disciplines, tiger mom. (laughs) Uh, Low warmth, high control. And then you have the high warmth, low controls. Okay. Uh, The permissive parent, nurturing, affectionate, few or inconsistent boundaries, takes the role of friend rather than parent awkward that may be yours truly (laughs) and but there's there's high warmth but very low control yep um then there's the uninvolved parent which honestly sounds horrid um emotionally detached self-absorbed inconsistent or no boundaries little interaction that you know you think that's like some celebrity that has children as props almost i mean Mm. you wonder 
how that that type of parent exists. That seems extreme. And it, it makes me think a social worker was involved because maybe they see parents like this in right. their work. Uh, but that's not something I'm familiar with. I, but I, but like I was thinking, we all maybe fit into that somewhere in all four categories. See, that's kind of what, as I look at it, I, I want to pick the ones that I think apply to me and say I'm a part of all of those. But, you know, I don't, it's hard. I think it's hard to look at yourself as a parent. First of all, it's uncomfortable Uh, because if I had to pick one, I would say I'm an authoritative parent. That's a negative connotation, though, isn't it? Right. I would think it's authoritative. I don't think I would be authoritarian, but my daughter might say there are moments (laughs) when I'm an authoritarian parent, you know, because I said so and you will do it, you know, whatever. So I think there might be moments of that. Um, I also think, though, that I have moments of being a permissive parent. If you ask my husband. He would say there are moments when I'm a bit permissive. I don't think there's ever a time I'm uninvolved, but I think I'm three of these. And and I think that they're um, depending on the context as well. And, you know, if you're out at a park, you might be a different kind of parent than if you're trying to get their homework done. So. Those two things, I think you can kind of adjust your parenting style based on the behaviors that are happening at that time. But I think some people may not be able to do that. All right. We have Roxanne with us, too. One of our mom squad moms. Um, Roxanne, what would you consider yourself to be as you look at this? Do you think you can be one? You know what? Uh, Not just one. I know I'm not the uninvolved parent. so I'm scratching all that out. I think it depends on the situation, too. Um, I'll be honest with you. I think parenting skills can come from the way you were raised. Mm -hmm. And I'm saying that because I have to preface that because that's where my skills come from. And I came from a very, oh boy, um, very strict, um, environment, which included, uh, domestic violence, we'll just say. Oh, so I well, was, that's completely I, different. Yeah, it, it is completely different. So, based on all my experiences growing up, I promised myself that I will not be that type of parent, which led me to be very overprotective at first, which led me to want to be so involved with my kids' life that they thought I was always giving them the third degree. <laughs> always um, when I just wanted to be interested in what they were doing and how they felt, you know, Mm -hmm. and we had not come to an understanding about this until I had had therapy myself (laughs) regarding my years growing up Mm -hmm. that I could understand how to better be a parent, I think. Right. And I think that there is such a way that you can be these I think I was authoritative. Uh, yeah, I was all of these. Permi- permissive. I'm more permissive now that they're older and that they're good kids. You trust them. I trust them. Okay, but that took time. That took that took a lot of time because they always thought that I, even now they say that, Mom, you were so strict back then. I said, well, you know something? Why do you think I was so strict? Would you rather have me not care where you are, not care what time you came home? Or would you rather me... Have you want to be safe? And they did. I am going to start crying. They did tell me, you know what, Mom, honest to God, we hated it then. 
Right. We resented you then. Mm. And we pushed the limits because we resented how strict you were. But now when we look back, we are so glad you were like that because we think we turned out to be you know, such good kids. We, and I think that's that does bring up a good point because we are told kids actually do want you to parent them. I mean, we hear that despite what they may say to you when they're going through it, they crave your... They crave you being a part of what they're doing and leading them in the right direction and correcting when it's necessary. We, we've we heard that from different experts, that it's something kids actually do need. So I, yes, I know I was do. that way growing up. I thought my parents were horribly strict. Um, I had great parents, they, but they were very strict. And my mom was a bit of a hover mom. My dad evened her out pretty well. I mean, we were really lucky, but my dad was a minister, so that colored a lot of what happened. I wasn't allowed to do certain things, and I really was resentful growing up. Now I'm like, oh, thank God. <laughs> right. You know, thank you. That, mm-hmm. And I appreciated how they were. But at the time, no kid's going to go, I love it when I get punished, or I love it when my mom doesn't let me do that and all my other friends get to do it. Right. None of them are going to say that now, but I think later they find that to be true. I want to talk to you, Heather, because we tend to be, Roxanne and I are a little more on the same page. You said you're more of a permissive parent. Yes, and it's interesting because my parents uh, did a lot of uh, that. You know, well, go ahead and you'll see what happens when you do that kind of thing where they let us push the and test. And so I think that's, like Roxanne said, it kind of comes from your right. upbringing. But here's the thing. When I say, Get your shoes on, please. I always say please and thank you. No matter, even if I'm yelling, I'm still saying those because I've ingrained in them that you are not rude, right? Right. But they know first time I'm asking that I mean it. So, and that's, if you're, if I'm constantly harping at them and get over here, you know, A, they're going to stop listening because that's what I did to my parents. And B, they're never going to know when I'm serious because I'm always yelling. So I just think when it really stands (laughs) out when I actually push the boundary. And they, for example, this just was, I'm, I smiled because maybe I'm doing something right. Uh, we were at Chuck E. Cheese and I. No, you're not doing anything no, right. No, I'm Chuck E. Cheese. Cheese. I'm sorry. Strike one. No, I'm kidding. Uh, I'm kidding. Yeah. I never did that. Yeah, well, well, and I my couldn't. daughter ended up with strep throat yesterday. Big shock. So, um, <laughs> yep, Chuck E. Cheese germs. But uh, I said, you have a set amount of points to play in the arcade and the whole time I'm thinking they're going to talk me into more points and I know they're going to give me crap. And you know what? When their points ran out, they went right over to the ticket booth and counted their tickets. I didn't even have to say anything. There was no bargaining. And I thought, maybe this is working because I'm giving them two hours to mm-hmm. you know, do this. But they knew the expectation up front. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, but then that doesn't sound as permissive as maybe you make it sound mm-hmm. like. I mean, the whole idea, because, you know, the, in that description was you're a friend rather than a parent. Is that something you strive to do? Yeah, I very sensitive about them being disappointed with me and it affects me if they're sad and it was my fault. And to be honest, you know why we ended up at Chuck E. Cheese? It's because they were, we want to get a Chuck E. Cheese all morning and I gave in and I did not want to go and I gave in and I ended up having a wonderful afternoon. I ate an entire stuffed crust pizza there by myself while I, they played. And I that your was doctor's not amazing. Listening. Yeah, I got There told. were some good points to that as I recall. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So I do though let them control me because I I probably 
should have said, we were out all day yesterday. You guys went to a Jackets game, you know, things like that. That's our local hockey team mm-hmm. here in Columbus. And so they knew I didn't want to go, but they proceeded to push the guilt button, which they know I have, and I gave in. So I was permissive up front. And then I kind of expect, though, that they'll listen and they know that deal. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, Roxanne, you're shaking your head I'm now. I'm shaking my head. Oh, <laughs> We're my very gosh. different, aren't we? We're very different. We're very different. Oh, yeah. I, I'll i tell you what. Um, and different <laughs> parenting styles can cause a lot of grief between moms, especially if they're your sisters. Oh. <laughs> we had very different parenting styles. Mm-hmm. I was strict. I would not let my kids watch TV unless it was public television or unless it was one of their, you know, cartoons on, you know, VHS at the time. Um, And I would not let them watch inappropriate uh, TV or play inappropriate games. Where on the other hand, my sisters let their kids do it. So every time we went up to visit, we would always end up in a fight because I would pull my kids out of the situation where they were watching inappropriate TV. Oh, you know, it's fine. It's fine. Well, to me, it wasn't. Um, and my kids always knew that when I made a threat, if they didn't do something right, or they wouldn't do something or they misbehaved, I followed through. And once I said it, I had to follow through. And now they tell me, you know what, mom, the reason why we would never even push the limit is because we knew that you would follow through because you followed through enough times Mm -hmm. to warn us. And... So, and that's because, and, and the reason for that is because I don't have the patience. I never had the patience to deal with kids who would not behave. And I knew if I let them push it, it was just going to have them push further and further. So, and I'm glad that I did that because even in the stores, two and three years old, mommy, can I have that? What did I say? Well, we have to finish what's at home first. I said, yes. Then I would see parents whose kids were screaming at the top of their lungs until they gave in and gave them a piece of candy or whatever they wanted. And I Mine don't never, scream. Well, That's what's interesting. Um, okay. So I'm not, oh, I wasn't saying you were stupid. Well, no, but, but here's the question, though, between, between yeah. you two, because we would differ the same way in our parenting yeah. styles. I'm a little more permissive, I think. I tend to... I, I think because I'm older and just had the one and she was, you know, this miraculous thing. I admit, I think I spoiled her a I little am, bit. I am with my 13-year-old. She's my third. Yeah, I see, I'm, I'm a bit more, I'm somewhere in the middle of you two, I think. But the question is, um, can we all, can our kids turn out okay? That's the question. I mean, you said uh, you have good kids, Roxanne, which is great. Yours are young. Um, they're pretty probably, obedient. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, so that's the question looking at this or, or looking at any model, you know, can you still, regardless of how you choose to parent with any of these, can you end up with good kids? That's the question. If you are a loving parent, can, can we be more permissive or less permissive or more authoritative or more authoritarian? But be loving or more permissive and still end up with good kids. And that, I think, is what we need to have the takeaway. Because we could debate. I mean, we all have done that. How many of us, I don't know, maybe, Heather, you haven't. But I can, I'm assured, and you just mentioned it, you look at another parent and go, oh, well, they're doing that totally wrong. 
that why on earth would they allow their kids to do that? Why would yeah. they give in to their kids like that? We all do that. We do. I, I haven't felt that way. <laughs> yeah. So you know, my, yeah. See, I was going to say mm-hmm. you probably don't. Yes. But my my sister, um, we we're all very close, and we agree to disagree. Um, their kids, all of my nieces and nephews, are wonderful kids. And but, like I said, different parenting styles. Um, they were wild and everything, and they went through problems. But my sister had said that I. She said, Roxanne, I thought that you felt I was a bad parent because I didn't reprimand them enough, and I. You know, they embarrassed me and they really went through some periods where, oh, my gosh, what am I going to do? And I said, you know what? I said, I didn't think you were a bad parent. In my mind, I just didn't understand how you could deal with that because I could not deal with my kids disobeying me and being sassy to me like Jenna was. She's a beautiful child now. She's so wonderful, and she's wonderful with her own kids. And I think it's what you can stand at that True, point. right, for right. sure. But I think a big thing is it is communication. And I was very open with my kids about, they would always tell me, oh, mom, I hated when you did that, you know. And I said, you know, I don't like when you tell me that because it hurts me. I wish I could turn back the time. And I'm on anxiety meds, but before I got on them with my kids were little, yeah, I, I hated what I did. I, I hated how I treated them sometimes. But it was because I couldn't control my anger and I was all over the place. And I wish I could change that. But then again, they tell me they don't really remember a whole lot, but now they understand. Mm-hmm. I think as long as you have that open communication and really talk about your feelings and why you're doing things, it, it really helps a lot. And it really I works. believe that to be true. My daughter's 13, but for years I have, we'll, we'll sit down and I will apologize if my anger got the best of me, me too. or I handled a situation, you know, I, I will go back to her and I'll say, Olivia, I didn't handle that the way I should have handled it. Mm-hmm. I let my anger get the best and I reacted and I should have sat down and taken a few minutes to think it through. Now I've done that. And while this may not be your punishment, there is still a punishment. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it just may be this instead, because this is more appropriate. You know, you didn't end the world by, you know, <laughs> yeah. doing telling me no or sassing me. You know, it didn't warrant, you know, because I tend to go, you're never going out of your house, you know, the house again for the rest of your life. You know, I mean, I make like some and then I have to go, now, wait a minute, what did I just (laughs) say? (laughs) And maybe not to that extent, but I'll take something away for way too long and it's not appropriate. It doesn't match. I I don't want to use the word crime, but she understands what I'm saying. That didn't match and I needed to take a moment and I I will try to do better in the future. That doesn't mean what you did was right. My right. reaction can, to it. It's that right. conversation that makes, a, I think, huge the, difference. Yep. And then they grow uh, up yes. knowing you respect them. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But you're so mad sometimes at that moment. Sometimes you right. just blurt it out without <laughs> even realizing it. Oh, yeah. And it's just, and I, like I said, I, I wish I could go back and change everything. And I, I can't. But I think it's made for a much stronger relationship because I am sharing everything that's in my mind, why I'm doing things. Uh, how in my head this is how I was thinking in their mind they were thinking something else mm-hmm. well and it's I, interesting yeah. if you think about your parents and you know the things they said I can remember times when 
my mom or dad they were just you know they had three kids three girls you know and all pretty close in age so i know there were times we were making them completely bonkers mm-hmm. especially my dad and he would just you know say something that was not necessarily it did it like me when i go over the edge you know mm-hmm. oh you're never going out of the house <laughs> for the rest of your life and it starts now and every day you're going to do this and you know you know that and and you realize as you get older it, what they meant you know what i mean we for sure and so i i hope for the same type of grace <laughs> from yeah. my daughter mm-hmm. that she's going to get it because we we have the conversations yeah um, so, Heather, you got a hold of someone that can talk about this, a professional. I did, actually. And it's funny. This is what they do for a living. They actually, this company called Working With Parents, go into the home, observe the situation, and then kind of give therapy, counseling, coaching to the different types of things that they observe. And I was very impressed by some of their methods. And so I thought, they probably know a lot more about this than I do. And so we're very excited to talk to two of the people from Working With Parents. The first is the founder and owner, Terry Manrique. And then along with her is Alina Greif. And she's a parent coach. She's also a guest speaker as well. And let's get her expertise, their expertise. The thing that caught my eye with you and your company is that you actually go into someone's home to kind of rework their parenting and their behaviors, right? Yeah, we're more of a holistic approach. So we work on healing the entire family. Um, so instead of, you know, most times what happens is that, you know, our, our kids who are dealing, you know, the ones who are having the problems or the behavior issues, We focus just only on them, and we just talk about what their challenges are, but we really never focus on the entire family of saying, you know, this is actually, we all have to make changes. We all have to improve in what we're doing, and we all have to, you know, work together on this. Instead of pinpointing just one one source, and usually that child is feeling, they're the ones who feel like, well, what? why is it just about me? You know, it's not just me. <laughs> There's other different com- components here that's going on. So that's really our message um, as far as healing the entire family. So it's interesting. I'll kind of tell you uh, what we've been talking about on MomCast. Uh, we have kind of looked at this, this, you know, one particular model where it lays out four parenting styles, you know, the authoritative and then the permissive, the uninvolved and, you know, being a friend to your child, like all these things. And so it got us talking, you know, because everyone's different and we all grew up a certain way. And sometimes we adopt our parents' parenting styles. And so I started talking with Stacy and said, well, I wonder if I'm messing my kid up. Like, I wonder if I'm the way what I'm doing is going to create a monster or, you know, so... Uh, One of the things that came up in our discussion was, what if my parenting style is different than dad's parent style? And how do you overcome that? Because I know in my house specifically, we butt heads a lot about that. And I'm just not sure if if that's good for the kids or or how to even go about fixing that. (laughs) Yeah. So, Heather, like one thing we always tell our clients is that most couples fight about... PMS, and that stands for parenting, money, and sex. So, <laughs> I know, love it. so the fact that you guys, you know, have disagreements on parenting, first of all, is completely normal. 
And I actually don't know any parents or couples who don't have those disagreements or those issues because you both were raised, right, in a different um, dynamic with a different family, different rules, and you bring with you into your own parenting what you know. Um, so, first of all, I want to say it's completely normal yeah. and something that we see with every single couple we work with. Um, and how do you address it? Well, what Terry and I also do is we are relationship coaches as well. And what we help couples do is find ways to resolve those conflicts in more of a, you know, holistic way that doesn't break down the whole family dynamic. So there are ways to communicate, um, even when you disagree, and there are ways to find compromise. There's ways to give that kind of feedback to each other and information and find ways where you can, you know, agree at least on the main things that when it comes to parenting. Um, and that's what, why we say we're, you know, more of holistic approach because we address those questions and those dynamics with the couple as well. And you're always going to have two styles of parenting, um, you, no matter what. You're going to have, you know, the, the permissive parent or the uninvolved parent, mm-hmm. right? So that's why it's important um, as the relationship grows and you build your family and grow your family that you have that communication out loud and you talk about those different parenting styles and come with a conclusion of, you know, compromise, right? This is this is how we can compromise, one, what we don't want to do um, or how we were parented and why that is, um, and then figure out what's the best plan and how we're going to really, at the end of the day, this is the truth. You, it doesn't, don't, whatever parenting style you're, you're in, you, the end in mind and the bottom line is how are we going to set our child up for success? Not necessarily what am I doing or yeah. how. It's not about who's right. who's right or wrong. It's not about really you. It's about how are we going to set up our child for success so that when they go out into the world on, they, on their own, that they're going to have the capability to survive, mm-hmm. to learn how to clean their house, their apartment, their unit, how to cook for themselves, how to budget for themselves and not rely on mom and dad to pay for everything, right, to manage their own money once they get a job, um, how, to, how to be resilient when things don't go their way, how to manage through some of these challenges that these kids, you know, kids are facing when it comes to applying for applications, when it comes to getting a job, um, turning in their own homework. You know, I think parents are so focused on not uh, on, on failing and getting an F. They're more focused about themselves if they're going to get an A or an F, and that you they're in parenting, right, yeah. right? Yeah. And, and not so much on focusing on how are we going to create a successful child to thrive in this world? Well, and and my husband and I have had those conversations. I feel like you're basically, um, you're, you're like training the person to get rid of you. You're, you're, you're you're putting yourself, well, no, but you're putting yourself sort of out of a job. And as a parent, your role will change then when they're an independent person. And so, but do you find, because I'm looking at the parenting styles do you find um, if you go in and you say, I mean, is this something you say to parents? Will you tend to be more of an authoritative parent or authoritarian parent? I mean, do you find people get very um, defensive about that? 
Well, I agree with you, and I think that's why we don't use those labels yep. when we talk to people, because I think the problem with labeling, it has certain connotations, right, and certain, um, you know, implications when you use those kinds of labels. So when we work with parents, I try to, like, stay away from labeling them a certain way. We but, never actually use any yeah. labels. So, but, so what we do is we say, okay, well, tell me, you know, what is working for you? What is not? What are the results you want? And what is really happening? What is your pain point right now? And then we move, you know, to kind of have a conversation and tell them what are best practices? What are some of the best practices based on research that was done on, you know, children's development and psychology? And, um, you know, we, we, have, we have come so far in understanding of how kids develop and how their emotional state is developing, right? And a lot of times we work with parents on trying to control their reactivity because uh. a lot of it comes down to parents get emotionally reactive and then they're not able to really see the situation objectively because no. all they're doing is <laughs> reacting, right? Do you mean screaming and yelling? Yes. <laughs> yeah, but that's, that's what happens, right? If we were just wondering. We don't know anyone yeah. that does that. We were just asking. Everybody I would never do that. Well, we do it as well. I mean, I there's mean, points where we sometimes kind of just, okay, we could only hold it in for so long. <laughs> yeah. You know, but, you know, that we are human, right? And I think that's where parents mm-hmm. have to make that connection with their children and say, I'm only human. I could only handle so much and I could only allow you to treat me this way for so long. And we have to start learning how to treat each other with different and in different mm-hmm. manner. Right. And when you teach your kids how to do this at an early age and teach emotional coaching, you know, between the you know age of two to five years old, that's when you can make some significant changes when your children are in their preteen teen years. Because, you know, I tell families and, and we tell our clients is that your children are going to go through two stages of tantrums, their first five years and then when they're in their preteen teen years. And the foundation that you lay early on in the early years is going to set your entire family up for success. And if you don't deal with that at an early age, you're going to have raging teenagers who are disrespectful, who are dismissive, who don't know how to communicate effectively, and who treat you like crap, right? So if this is not a person that you want to hang around with, then you have to invest in your invest in your children and take the time to train, to give them the tools to learn how to emotionally deal with their um, with their emotions, whether it's anxiety, frustration, anger, sadness, right? We've come from a place to, you know, children, uh, you know, children, you know, don't speak until you're spoken to or children are not, you know, seen, but, you know, you, Children are meant not to be seen, seen and not, not heard. heard. Yeah. Yes. Yes. To now we're saying to our children, oh, don't worry. Everything will be okay. Or don't think about it, honey. Don't worry about it. You know, we'll fix it. We'll take care of it. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that's why children are having so much anxiety when they get into the high, into the college mm-hmm. environment. Because they don't know how to do anything. They don't know how to do that, how to do anything for themselves. They don't know how to deal with the feelings. The parents are taking care of everything. So when they're out in this world on their own, they're just like, I I don't know how to cope. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know how to be successful. And and you know, professors and corporations and leaders are saying again and again and again, we're so tired of 
hearing, you know, we don't want these kids who are in the, you know, Ivy Leagues, right, in schools. We don't want these kids who have the great grades. We want kids who know how to communicate. We want kids who know how to be resilient. We want people who learn how to know, you know, understand emotional intelligence. Those are skills that are getting lost. And if we don't teach those skills to be, to our children, it, see, the thing it's going to get harder. If parents don't have those skills themselves, then they really struggle to teach those skills to the kids, right? That's what I was thinking. And so would you say it's ever too late for a parent-child relationship to be mended? Is there like a deadline where, oh, sorry, if that's no. how it is? As no. long as you're breathing, never. it's never too it's late. Never, never, okay. never too late. <laughs> There's and hope. Children, no, children need to know that, right? I mean, children act out for a reason, and there is a reason for children to act out. You know, I, I was in a, um, a classroom of students in sophomore, uh, sorry, junior and senior year. It was career day. And one of the things that I asked the children, you know, I said, how many of your parents have a curfew? And you have so many, you know, all, everybody raises their hand, everybody. And then you have, I say, well, how many, actually, how many parents actually follow through? Maybe five kids out of a classroom of 30. Wow. Five kids raise their hand. Then I asked the rest of the kids, I said, oh, how does that make you feel? Isn't that great that you don't have to worry? They never follow through. You know, they had a curfew for you, but, you know, they never, you never got punished for it or you never had a consequence for it. You know, how does that make you feel? The other kids who didn't, parents didn't follow through, said, it actually ended up into a therapy because they said, you know what? I feel like our parents don't care about us. I feel like our parents can care less if we're coming home on time. And then we had some kids who said, honestly, I wish my parents were stricter because I can give, I have an out. So when my friends say I have to stay longer, I can say I can't because my parents would kill me if I stayed out too late. So it's an out. I was able to use my parents as a backup for me instead of me being in a position where I don't want to be in. So kids want you to be, you know, to have set those rules, to set boundaries. boundaries. They crave it. They're looking for it. I think, um, you know, the problem is when kids grow up without any boundaries, um, they turn into adults who also don't have any boundaries. And you know, they can end up in relationships where those boundaries are really getting abused by other people, right? Whether it's at work or in a personal relationship. So I think a sense of healthy boundaries is really important to instill in your kids. And you do that by modeling that kind of behavior at home, right? You can't teach them something that you're not doing yourself because they're going to call you out on this, especially (laughs) as they get older. That's true. Yeah, they right. watch and they see everything, you know, and even when they're young, they are hearing you, they are watching you, they are listening, they are modeling, right? They're always, always paying attention. And it's very important for us as parents to make sure, you know, one of the things that my kids knew and, and they watched from us and learned from us is that we're not about following everybody else's lead, right? We're not about keeping up with everybody else. We're about what's you know, our own personal values and what really matters. And what really matters is having a positive relationship with our family. And then the rest will get through it. But we'll, that you have to learn how to manage things on your own as well. You know, it's, 
you know, if our kids, you know, we're not involved in every single thing that they're, you know, out there doing. We guide them when we need to guide them. We give them the tools when we need to give them the tools, but we're not micromanaging our kids. We're letting them do this for themselves. And when you teach your kids how to do that, man, it makes a big difference because you can't see, I think that's, that's another thing. I think parents think that they can, they have control of everything, which you don't. <laughs> you man. don't have any control of anything. Oh. <laughs> you can't control what your child's going to do, let alone control your own life, right? Life just happens. And we have to teach our kids that that is life, right? It just happens. Things are going to happen. Things are going to come up. And things may not always go our way. But we have to teach them how to navigate and how to get through it. That gave me chills. Yeah. It's so true. <laughs> it's so true. And it's um, pretty common then when you're trying to teach those boundaries to get pushback. I mean, it you know, the yelling yeah. and the stomping of the feet as, you know, you just keep trying is what you're saying. Push through. You, yeah, you correct yeah. the behavior and you say, you know what, that's, that's, that's not okay. It's not okay for you to walk away from me like that. Let's, can we, and I, you know, one of the things that we have to teach our kids is to erase the negative behavior and replace it with positive behaviors. Because again, it's bad habits, right? We all develop bad habits. And the only reason we develop bad habits is because no one else is tell, telling us differently, right? That's not appropriate. It's not okay for you to speak to me that way. It's not okay for you to slam the door, if you're going to slam the door next time, I might have to take the door down. If that's not what you want, then Ooh. I'm going to want to do that. Okay. But it's not okay. So this is just a, a natural consequence, right? But if you don't want that, you have to have respect. We have to have respect for each other. And that's where parents have to kind of wake up, you know, and say, if you don't want your kids to talk to you like that, one, you can't be talking to your spouse that way. And two, you can't talk to your kids that way either. I mean, you have to, it has to be a, there has to be respect both ways. Yeah. And I think it's, you know, really important that you model that with your kids, especially with teenagers, you know, when they're pushing your boundaries and really like, you know, being disrespectful. The problem is what happens is we get so triggered by that kind of reaction that we start yelling and screaming back at them, right? And mm -hmm. then threatening them with something we can't really carry through. Um, a lot of times it's empty threats. You know, I'm going to take away your car. Um, you're going to be grounded for a year, you know, <laughs> those kinds of things that are just meaningless threats. And then the whole situation gets out of hand, right? No, um, I've never experienced that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I have three teenagers at home right now. Ooh, so let me uh, tell you. You're I a saint. From experience, uh, when I say this is what it is, <laughs> it, it, it's all, you know, I've experienced it all. Oh. And, and the thing is that you have to learn how to trust your kids, right? I mean, you really have to trust your kids. I mean, there's times where my daughter says, Mom, I don't, I don't, I can't go to school today. And I'm like, why? What's going on? She's like, I just. I feel like I need a mental health mm -hmm. day. And, you know, there's not, I know and I trust her because she takes care of her schoolwork. She mm -hmm. makes sure that she is engaged, she's in clubs, she's focused, and she's doing this on her own will. It's not because I'm pressuring her, right? Because she knows that at the end of the day, this is going to be her life. I can't control that. I can't control if I'm going to be here tomorrow, right? I can't control that. 
So her actions are going to have consequence. And if she knows that today, you know, is a day that I need a mental health day and there's really not much of that I'm going to be missing in school, then I have to trust in that decision Mm -hmm. that she's going to make. Because at the end of the day, she's the one who's going to suffer the consequences. But you have to build that from early on. And if you don't build that early on, then that's not the luxury that you can really have or you can give to your child, right? Because again, you have to, your child has to earn that trust and you have to earn the trust that You've done well, your they, job correctly. They have to tell you, right? They have to trust you to tell you what's really going on. I think with teenagers, mental health um, nowadays is so vitally important because of, you know, uh, the, there's such a fear, huge, pr- fear pressure. Right? Yeah, fear pressure, risk of suicide, anxiety disorders, uh, dependence on all kinds of medications uh, for teenagers in school and all kinds of problems. So having connection uh, with your kids is crucial. You know, we always say um, it's got to be connection before correction. Oh, I like that. You cannot correct someone's behavior if you don't have the connection with them first. So establishing that deeper connection, the trust, where they are feel safe to come to you and share what's really going on, you know, with my kids as well, they know that if they share things with me and, you know, mistakes they make or whatever, there's not going to be any punishment for that. I don't believe in that. We will have a conversation, and usually my only question um, is, okay, let's talk about it. What did you learn from this experience, really? Because it's really about learning. It's not about punishments and control. When you resort to punishments all the time to control certain behaviors, the only thing you're going to accomplish with that is they're just not going to tell you the truth, right? Because they're going to try to avoid the punishment. Um, it's really about working through, you know, challenges and whatever it is they're struggling with and helping them being their coach, being their guide, being their support system. And I'm talking a little more about older kids, especially right now. But that is crucial, right? You become their coach more than anything else. And you navigate and you help them navigate through challenges and issues that they're facing at school and with their friends and, you know, what's going on. And it's okay if they don't come to you and share everything with you. That's normal. That's going to happen. But the best that you can do is say, I'm here for you when you're ready. Mm -hmm. I'm here to listen. I'm here to listen or give you advice. You tell me what you need from me, but I will be here for you. And, you know, because the truth is they're not going to tell you everything. We never told our parents everything, right? <laughs> it's not going to change. That's never going to change. No comment. <laughs> if you want to have an open relationship with your child, you have to learn how to have that lines yeah. of communication. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it sounds like we can, you know, learn to change those reactions and those behaviors. And that that's really very good because uh, I have observed parents who are very different than me and and I have just always wondered you know um is it just too late what am I doing and so this is this makes me feel very good no it's never too late and your your kids want they 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 will tell you that it's never too late I mean they they won't admit it to you and they won't say anything because they're expecting you just to do it right yeah so that's where that's why parenting is so hard because sometimes we have to do hard things that are not easy. (laughs) And when you know better, you do better, right? Like that's, um, I think Maya Angelou said that. And I think that is so, so incredibly true, right? When you learn 
different ways of being. When you work on yourself, when you improve yourself and you start understanding yourself, you grow in self-awareness, um, you start doing better. And then your kids will see a difference. So it's really a lot of it is about growth and education and working on yourself as a yeah. parent. And kids really respect that. And that's why when we go into the home and, you know, work with families, uh, it, the children actually see that the parent is making the effort to make changes. That's when you start to see the kids showing so much respect for their parents of saying, wow, I'm noticing that you are also making changes and that it's just not about me. We all have to make these changes together. And that's where kids really tend to just blossom and and have that connection with their parents. And that's why they're re- and that's when their relationship truly truly changes. Man. Wow. Thank you. Share with everyone once again how they can get in touch with you if someone needs your services and would like to, to find out more. Yeah, so they can reach out to us, um, workingwithparents.com. We're on Instagram. Um, we're on Facebook. Um, we actually have our own radio show um, on Rewind 103.5. It's called Ask Our Parent Coach. Um, and uh, we do virtual uh, sessions, we do group sessions, workshops, and private yeah. coaching. So we're we're there, and we have online courses, books. So whatever need you, you know, whatever services you need, we're we are covering them to provide and help parents out there. Here on MomCast, we talk a lot about different things going on with parenting. One of the things, and I don't know, Heather, if you've um, gotten to this point yet with your girls. Um, at some point, the kids need braces. Yes. Not all kids, but oh my gosh. And that, I know for me, struck fear. It's like, I don't know anything about this. Um, fortunately for me, I found the Hutta family of orthodontists. They are amazing. And they have been in our community where MomCast is in the Columbus area for more than 30 years. And they've Literally, there are people in the building I work with, adults, that went to see Dr. Hutta. Um, Dr. Larry Hutta and Dr. James T. Hutta are brothers. And that in and of itself is a very unique situation. Agreed. But they both went into that. <laughs> they both have offices on their own, and then they have an office together. Um, so they've got four offices, and they're gorgeous. And um, Liv had such a great experience with her braces um, that, I mean, I'm a brand ambassador for Hutta, because um, then watching her go through it, I never had braces. We couldn't really afford that growing up. So I've been doing the Invisalign and I'm almost done. And I can't believe even now the difference that is made for me in my smile. So we have two Hutta smiles in our family and, and I am very, very grateful. But if you are wondering, because that's a big deal too, whether your kid even needs braces yet or Maybe they need braces, but you don't know the best timing because that's a huge deal, too. When do I do it? If you do it too soon, it may cause problems later on. But these days, there are things they can do early on that mean they won't need braces maybe later. So it's an important question. Do yourself a favor. Do a little research. HuddaFamilyOrtho.com. That's HuddaFamilyOrtho.com. Well, after all of this, now we are experts in parenting and we are going to raise the next president of the United States of America, right? 
<laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> We've loved this conversation. We can keep it going on Facebook. Be sure you subscribe to MomCast and uh, make sure you tell other moms to join us because the more the merrier and we love getting feedback from all of us with our different parenting styles, right? Thank you so much for listening.